Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Our BFC Live guest today is Paul Peterson. He's the co-founder and CEO of Next Leaf Solutions, an extraction company in British Columbia. We wanted to check in with him about all things Next Leaf Solutions and protecting IP in the cannabis space. Paul Peterson, you are the co-founder and CEO of Next Leaf Solutions. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Jake. Well, you know, uh, you may not remember this, but uh, just over a year ago, which seems like a decade, uh, I think I saw you for like a minute late February in Toronto. Is that possible? I, I think that's uh, that was my last trip to Toronto pre-pandemic. So Yeah. It's, doesn't it seem like 10 years ago? It was a different world back then. It really, it seems like so much has changed and it was literally like one of, it was the last week in February. So it was, it was really as things were uh, just about to shut down. Well, nice to see you again. Uh, We wanted to have you back on this uh, bright and early on a Monday morning um, to talk about what's going on next leaf. And for those that don't know, tell us a little bit about next leaf and where you guys are now. Then I have a couple more questions because I want to get an update from you. Nextleaf is a licensed cannabis processor in Greater Vancouver. We hold one of the largest uh, patent portfolios in the United States for the extraction, purification, and delivery of cannabinoids. Um, it's been it's been a very busy sort of uh, you know, let's call it the last 12 months. I always I always talk about the, the time pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, but you know for us uh, we've gotten our uh, custom engineered automated extraction plant into production, commissioned it with about three tons of, uh, of weed that had been sitting in vaults. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of inventory, you know, that's really what's driving our business. So uh, when we started the company four years ago, the, the focus was developing IP and, and building a licensed processing facility that could uh, process into disco at all this lower grade biomass that we were expecting would come online with the, the investment in, in large scale cultivation. and. Uh, so for us, uh, it's been a it's been a busy uh, start to the year. We finished uh, 2020 with a large uh, CBD distillate shipment to a to a company, one of the largest brands in Canada. Here, um, we're seeing a lot of these companies that now are realizing, hey, we can we can run a better business by outsourcing part of our operation. So we're seeing a lot of wholesale uh, supply deals with with companies that you know invested in extraction and now outsourcing to, to Nextleaf and other. Uh, you know, third-party extractors. We really feel that our competitive advantage is in our uh, intellectual property and our cannabis refinery that uh, we feel is, is very efficient in turning this lower-grade biomass into a higher purity discipline. We're really, you know, building a company around putting the discipline into, into uh, forms that are more sellable and, and obviously supplying our commercial partners. Well, it's, it's interesting. There's, there, aren't, there aren't that many people. I'm, I'm about to give you a compliment. So, are you ready? Uh, there aren't that many people that have been saying the same thing for years. They continue <laughs> to say the same thing. And when they do, um, it's refreshing. That shouldn't be refreshing in cannabis, but it really is, right? You, you've been saying the same thing since we met you about where you think the world will be going over time, um, both in terms of uh, quantity of you know, biomass, as you put it, but also the demand for the distillate that you'll be you'll doing, uh, you'll, you'll be uh, uh, building towards or refining to. Uh, but yep. the part that also you've been talking about a lot is the IP, 
right, is actually becoming an IP focused business uh, because that's where every industry goes, right? Like from infancy to uh, locking down exactly what you do well. Talk a little bit about that as a strategy. And then I have a specific question of probably the most high profile IP fight we've seen so far. I remember about two and a half years ago, I, I heard Bruce Linton speak in, in Sydney, Australia. And something that he said uh, that it, you know, it really resonated, he talked about there was kind of two types of, of businesses that could be really successful in Canada. Those with a brand and when you, you know, you're in the consumer space or those with a stack of intellectual property. And you know, we talked a lot about, about Canopy's 80 uh, pending patents that they had at the time. And we really felt that we were on the right track. I and mean, obviously, um, we've never raised uh, as much capital as, as Bruce and, and, and Canopy has, but we feel that our, our intellectual property portfolio rivals uh, some of these larger, uh, you know, cannabis companies, pharma companies. Um, and, and, you know, for us, the, the IP is really all around how do you, um, uh, you know, take this lower grade biomass and extract it, refine it and distill it into a standardized cannabinoid, an, an API or an ingredient um, that, that we think that, uh, you know, ultimately is a, is a commodity that really will drive a lot of the consumer products that are infused with that standardized PT or CBD molecule. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting that you brought up Bruce Linton and Canopy, uh, although he's not there anymore. Th there, was a, there is a patent battle going on, or you're going to describe me what it actually is. It's an intellectual property battle between Canopy Sue, GW Pharma, so two sort of giants going after one another around, is it an extraction process specifically? That, it that is, yeah. yeah, it is. It was an extract. It's a CO2 based extraction process that, you know, if, if this was 2014, 2015, 2016, it'd be the most revolutionary process in Canada. But in 2021, it's not a commercially viable process, but obviously it, it is allegedly a process that GW is using to make their CBD based drug in, in the UK. Um, and, you know, interestingly, it was uh, it was a lawsuit that was that Canopy Growth uh, launched the day after they were issued the U.S. patent. Uh, so it was it, you know for us it was, I think it was December 23rd. So it was an early Christmas present because over the last two years, been flying around the world. You know we raised 20 million dollars uh, on a, on a vision for Nextly, um, and we've we've you know funded our business based on the idea that there was value in developing intellectual property around our, our extraction process that we think is the most efficient method to get to, to a refined standardized molecule. Um, and so it was, you know, for us to kind of be validated, have that strategy validated, we were pretty excited about it. But I mean, obviously I think it, it, it isn't great what it means for the industry as well. I mean, then if you look at GW Pharma, a month after they got sued by Canopy, now they've just been acquired by Jazz Pharmaceutical 7.2 billion. And I think it, it, it represents what's, what's coming. And, and, and what's coming is pharmaceutical participation. Um, and I, I think large uh, tobacco, uh, alcohol and pharma companies that are going to use intellectual property um, as, a, as a sword. I mean, what, what we like to say is we use it as a, as a shield and we use it to build a moat around our, uh, what we feel gives us a competitive advantage, but certainly I think it is something that um, you know probably made a lot of lawyers happy to see that lawsuit because it's really the industry's first patent infringement lawsuit, um, and and I think it's the indicator of all of the things to come. 
Well, you reference, uh, so we're obviously talking about cannabis, you're a cannabis company, and so is Canopy, but you talk about the others, so tobacco, um, alcohol, and specifically pharma, and really pharma is an IP business, that is the business, right, like it's, it's drug development, it's putting an IP on that, you have, uh, you know, the monopoly on it for a set period of time, and that's where you recoup your RD cost, like, is that sort of how you see the world developing in some portion of the sector? especially as pharma gets in and, and, and really drives that sort of rigor that they have in other parts of the sort of other sectors. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I think you definitely see that with molecules, with cannabinoid molecules, with, you know, with, with distillate isolates. You will 100%, in my view, see that with, with not only uh, extraction processes um, and patents being enforced on extraction processes, just like what, you know, obviously Canopy is trying to do against GW, but I think you'll see that on formulation and deliveries. Uh, you know, and 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 uh, tech that is novel. I think you will see companies that that uh, take a, a certain product to market. Um, and and again, you look at what, what GW has done in the United States. I I think you'll see a lot more of that in the medical side. Um, and really, uh, those products will be built around IP. And, and as you said, I mean that's the pharma model. The pharma model is you spend a bunch of money up front. In R and D, you develop a unique drug, and then you're you're basically paying, or at least how they how they kind of justify, you know, IP rights is that you're you're paying for the R and D over the life of the patent, which is twenty years. Yeah, can I ask you another question? I want to zoom out a little bit because obviously uh, there's lots of excitement what's happening or may happen in the states, right? You know, you have the early West Coast states, Colorado, not West Coast, but Colorado and California, the West Coast, out of Nevada, that then you have um, some states on the East Coast with pretty robust medical programs rolling out um, adult use at some point, then a whole bunch of states in the middle that are actually have voted on it that don't necessarily seem like weed states, but it's happening, right? And then you have the Democratic Senate, Democratic House, and, and Democrat in the White House, and it's clearly causing a run-up of some stocks that are traded in the U.S. that are cannabis. But from a business like yours, talk about it, what it may mean that the U.S. is giving this serious thought, or at least appears to be giving it more rapid thought than it probably was? I, I mean, I think what's happening right now in the U.S. and obviously with, with Biden getting getting elected, um, with now the Democrats controlling the House, I think that the market is expecting that the U.S. is, is going to legalize maybe uh, in the next two years, right? I mean, you, you see, you know, some of these platforms, Cory Booker, um, uh, you know, and I think it's going to be very interesting. Now, obviously, what we're seeing in the capital markets is you think a lot of investment flowing into SPACs and flowing into these large MSOs. I, I actually believe that probably the the, the, two, the the company that's best set up is probably Kronos Group in Canada because they've got a billion in cash. They've got a, they've got a, a, a uh, operation in the largest federally legal market in the world, and um, they've got a large tobacco company behind them um, that is obviously going to be on the forefront of what's happening politically. And so I think, you know, you, you can you can really follow the money and, and, and see what what's going to happen in the U.S. I mean, there's, all, there's going to be a lot of capital that's going to flow to consolidation. And I think things are going to get harder on, you know, smaller mom and pop businesses. But I really believe that Canadian companies have a tremendous advantage. Uh, and, and I think Afria and Tilray as well. Uh, who have built the business around a regulatory framework. In the U.S., it's the Wild West. I mean, nothing's regulated, right? Right. And, and so I think Canadian companies that have built a, a, a business around producing and selling cannabis in the most 
over-regulated or well-regulated, depending on uh, depending uh, your perspective. Your, yeah, and, and, and I think those companies are going to be very well situated. I think Canada has a, has a once in a, you know, a century opportunity here um, to, to really be a first mover in the United States and, and globally with, with the legalization of cannabis. Yeah, no, it's really, it's, it's look, exciting to watch. I'm not saying we're on the sidelines, but interesting to watch uh, things unfold um, and whether the capital markets have a good beat on what is actually going to happen or whether it may be slower or faster, depending on sort of conversations happening in, in you know, state capitals and, and in DC, it'll be interesting to watch. But also I, I agree with you that there are many Canadian companies that are well positioned to play a role in what may happen in the States based on how they're regulated now, how they might be regulated in the States, access to capital, uh, already being listed in the States, like all those things I think will make a difference um, as well as sort of the movement of SPACs that are, you know, that are just so interesting to sort of watch uh, unfold. I still believe, and I, I said this two years ago, I got asked on an art review uh, panel, how long I think the, the US is gonna be. And, and I said more than five years then. And, and, uh, but I actually believe from today, it's probably three to four years minimum until there's actually a regulated marketplace in the US. When you think about Canada, Trudeau was elected three years later, legalization, even though we had a federal, federally regulated medical market. I mean, there's not a federally regulated medical market in the US. There's a lot of infrastructure that they got to put in place. Even with the farm bill, the FDA still doesn't have comprehensive regulations around CBD products. So I think, uh, you know, for us as a company, we will never invest in a production asset in the US until there's regulated framework in place. And, you know, we're going to continue to develop IP down there and, you know, coming back to that, uh, it's, it's, it's why I think we've taken such a focus on US patents. We've got 12 of them and we're going to keep, uh, you know, developing down there and, and, and watching uh, closely, just like, you know, just like all of us up here in Canada in the industry. Well, well, Paul, I, I always love talking to you. I wish we could see you more. And we will get back to that, I promise, because I would say 2019, we saw each other a lot uh, in New Brunswick, I think. We probably saw it in Toronto, maybe Vancouver. Um, let's make 2021, hopefully, the year that we actually get to see each other in person, maybe. <laughs> let's say maybe. How's that? For sure. Hey, I look forward to it. I mean, I think, I think uh, I'm expecting, you know, vaccine roll out a little bit back here, uh, you know, traveling again soon. So well, for, from your, from your mouth to COVID God's ears, let's, uh, let's make it happen. Paul Peterson, thanks for joining us here this morning. We look forward to connecting you down the road and uh, good luck to everything. Uh, next leaf. Thanks. Greg. Really appreciate it. Our work is made possible with the ongoing support of our official partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.